Hi, everybody. Before we get started, on behalf of the entire How to Talk to Mommy and Papi team and the LWC Studios team, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is our 100th episode. Ah, can you believe it? I can barely believe it. We are so incredibly moved and so incredibly grateful to all of our guests who have shared their experiences and their expertise so generously with us and with you for the past 100 episodes. And thank you for listening, for sharing us, and for supporting us over the past two years. Literally, none of this would be possible without you. Quite literally. We'd just be making a show for us. <laughs> so, Here's to 100 more, and here's our show for today. Today we welcome Malisha. Malisha's Haitian parents wanted her to have a career in law, but Malisha felt called to dance. Today, she's a dancer and dance instructor, but she still struggles to talk to her parents about her dedication and success in her creative field. Let's get into it. My name is Malisha Oji. I am a Haitian American, first generation Haitian American. And in our family, we call our parents mommy and daddy. Growing up, I was going into law. For Haitian families, Caribbean families, either it's medicine, law, uh, <laughs> or like math and just something in there. And all my other siblings, they fit into those boxes. As a child, I started off in church dancing, and I'm, it's called liturgical dancing, but the more common term is praise dancing. I loved it. That was like a major part of my childhood. We would minister um, during church services and learn choreography. We trained. Like, I loved it, loved it, loved it. When I graduated and I got into college, I really took a hard look and I sat down and I was like, okay, I love law. Like, I really am interested in it, things like that. But basically, um, was this going to make me happy? Was it going to be something that I can see long term when I'm living on my own and I walk into my house at night? Like, was I going to be stressed or excited about the next day? I literally sat there and like thought about these things. And I'm like, I don't want to I don't want that to be my life. I was like just preparing myself like, oh, gosh, what am I going to tell my parents? especially with like dance and things, because in Caribbean families, what you say, like you want to be a dancer, they're like, they automatically think, you know, it's, it's evil, it's for the devil. <laughs> I ended up doing my major in journalism and then um, my minor in dance. And once I told my parents, it was, at first it was, you know, the end of the world. Um, and then slowly but surely they saw that I wasn't going to change my mind. It felt like such an adult decision. And I sat down and I was like, listen, I really, I'm translating because, you know, it was not in English. But I was like, listen, which that's a whole nother story because uh, now my my Haitian Creole is way better than it was before. So I'm sitting here trying to find the words to explain. And sometimes it doesn't translate, especially when it's like dire, like this do or die my dad, he's like the super stubborn one, you know, like, so I could like plead my case and like make so much sense. But then it was like, yeah, but that's not 
what the plan was. You know what I'm saying? So I would be like, literally and figuratively, we were speaking two different languages. All the drama, it was worth it. Um, I am a dance instructor, a dance teacher now. I've been a dance teacher for seven years now. I get to dance every single day. I wake up, I teach little kids, grown adults in all different styles. I teach ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, modern. Um, I teach private lessons. And so, yes, I made it happen financially stable. Um, I've been working at a a dance studio. Eventually, I want to be able to open my own studio. and I still, I'm still a, still a really big part of my life is liturgical dancing, praise dancing. My parents are very happy about that, um, that I'm still active part of in my church. I'm teaching the kids liturgical dancing. I didn't turn evil. Dance didn't, <laughs> dance didn't turn me against the Lord. It didn't ruin me. Um, but when it comes to the other side of dance, so my ballet, my tap, my jazz, my hip hop, things like that, my mom is a little bit more um, receptive maybe of, okay, let me, you're having a show, you're performing here, you go get ready, I'm going to come, what time is it, when is the performance, when's the show? My dad is still like, um, so what, what kind of dance do you do? Like every once in a while, he's still trying to like comprehend, but at least it's not a, like a butting heads anymore. (laughs) I think my dad, he's always had this picture of like um, being successful is sitting in an office, a big office, and you're telling people what to do. And that's what success is as a dancer, as a creative. um, And because a lot of the things I do is freelance as well. So when he's trying to explain to other people what his oldest daughter is doing, it's never, I don't think he has a concrete answer. (laughs) Because I'm doing so many things all at once. uh, And I feel like a big part of um, the Caribbean and Haitian culture, too, which me and my siblings, we hated growing up, is worrying so much about what other people think. Other Haitian families. um, Well, if this is what your daughter's doing, this is what my daughter is doing. And I think not having those concrete answers to give is one of the big, one of the major parts of like where the clashing and... um, And all of that came from. As a first gen and an entrepreneur, I relate so much to Malisha's story. Her desire, her willingness, her sacrifices to pursue a career that really and truly fulfills her, even when it's not the one her parents had in mind, is so inspiring. How can first gens talk to our loved ones about our dream careers in the arts, in creative fields, in things that are not quote unquote traditional? Especially when our calling seems to challenge their definition of success. To help us figure it out, I called in an expert. I am Dorianne St. Fleur, um, and I am a career and leadership development coach for ambitious women of color. So, Dorianne, as you listened to uh, Melissa's story, what did you hear? Her story really, really resonated with me. It's something like I myself am from parents of immigrants. And one of the things that stood out was when she said that 
she felt as she was talking to her parents that she was literally and figuratively speaking two different languages. The frustration that can be born out of that on both sides was something that really, really spoke to me as I was listening to her story. Let's get into that a little bit. What causes this disconnect where we feel like we're speaking two different languages? There's so many things. If I had to boil it down, I'd say it really stems from just the different ways in which we were brought up. If you think about our parents, they're coming to this country from wherever they are. My parents are Jamaican. Um, And if I think about the ideals and the values that they instilled in me, it was really all pointing to the fact that I want you to have a better life than I did. And so every decision you make, every friend you you connect with, everything you do, how is this going to help you have a better life? That is what's directing every single thing that they do. Whereas us, whether we're first generation or, or beyond, right, and we've been here, We've seen the lay of the land. We see how things go. Mommy is not the same way that it was with you. The world truly is my oyster now. And because we have these different upbringings, these different uh, stories and narratives that are driving our actions, not only are we not on the same page, we're not even in the same library. Like we just don't even understand where each other is coming from. So when you and your clients have to tackle this gap What are some strategies that you recommend? I think the first thing is taking a step back firstly and understanding where they're coming from, right? What our parents want is for us to be financially stable first and foremost. They want to make sure that we can pay for our bills and live a good life and travel and do all of those things that maybe they didn't get to do or they wanted to do more of. The second thing is they want us to be successful. And they've defined successful in various ways, right? But they want they don't want us to be a bum. They don't want us to be someone who can't fend for themselves out in the world. And let's be real, our parents want us to be braggable. <laughs> they want to be able to tell their friends and their coworkers, this is what my daughter is doing and this is what's going on. Once we understand that, I like to coach people through crafting a story that addresses those things, right? And so even for myself, I quit my corporate uh, career, uh, June 2020. And so what I did was I had to translate these things into ways that she could understand. So when we talk about financial security, mommy, I've been doing this for five, six years. Now that I quit my nine to five, this is how I'm going to make sure I not only meet what I was making, but exceed that. This is what she wants to make sure that I'm okay. And so I'm telling her that. When it comes to successful, I identified for her what success means for me, right? I know, mom, that you want me to do X, Y, and Z, but for me, success means that I have a career that's impactful, that I have a career that's fulfilling, right? That I have a career that I feel is specifically my calling and what I was assigned to do. This path gives me that. And so I work to have my clients craft what what is that it for their parents and how can you talk about that? And then for the braggable, yeah, mommy, here's what it was. I was featured here and do this, you know, give her something to give to talk to the friends about, right? Let's be real. She wants to brag. And so I think just once we understand what what our parents really want, what's driving their actions or their words, really speaking in their language, right? To go back to that analogy that we were talking about. First of all, thank you for addressing the bragging element because it is so real to them. In a sense, they're reliving 
their lives through us, right? I think about my daughter. She's seven right now, and she just started track. I never played sports growing up, but I'm like, ooh, when we get to the championship, like, I'm excited. Like, it's me again, right? <laughs> and so it's the, she's seven. Like, calm down, Dorian. But when I think about, you know, our own parents, it's, oh, wow, I'm so proud. They're really proud and they love us, right? And look at what my daughter is doing or look at the potential. Look at all the things I see in her. I get to relive this through her. And I think that's, like, give them, give them a little something, right, <laughs> to, to do that. I totally, totally agree. I really want to dig into this concept because we've never talked about it on the show and I'm a little bit familiar with it, but I want to spend a few minutes on it. And it's the idea of alignment. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite words is alignment because when we are aligned, and all I mean by that is doing what we're supposed to be doing when we're supposed to be doing that. And even as Malisha was sharing her story and if anyone else who you know can relate to what she shares, right? There's this element of, I know that I was on the path to do this other thing, but this is what I know I'm supposed to do. But you, you can hear in her voice how she got excited when talking about this is the path that I'm on now. And I think there's an internal pulling that helps navigate us toward what it is we should be doing at the right time. And the reason why I put the when we should be doing it is because I'm very aware. And if I think of my own career and my clients' careers, even the same person can have a different calling at different points in their lives. And I think when we understand, when we get sit down and we get clear on what should I be doing? What are my skills, my talents? Where is it that I see my strengths can really be leveraged? And what should I be doing right now based on what I have going on, what my goals are, et cetera? That's when we can get into that alignment. When you're aligned, you get to make better decisions. You get to make quicker decisions. You get to make decisions that are more fruitful because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing when you're supposed to be doing it. So what are the signs that you're in alignment? <laughs> Uh Or that you're not in alignment. So before I answer the signs, let me talk a little bit about how to even go through. I have a little formula about understanding, you know, what you should be doing. It's an acronym that is called, I call it DREAM for dream job, right? And the D stands for development. So the first thing when you want to understand, how do I get aligned? What should I be doing? Think about the goals that you have for your growth and development, What is it that you need to thrive? What are the skill sets that you need to improve upon? Take time to think that through. Don't just go through the motions and because your boss says, take this course or because someone's telling you, get that MBA, you do that. No, what is it that I need specifically to continue to build on the skill set and the strength that I have? The R is around relationships. When we're at work, when we're thinking about our careers, we spend more time often with the people that we work with than the people that we live with. So let's make sure that the relationships we're building are ones that are feeding us. What kind of relationship do you want to have with your manager, with your peers, with your vendors, clients, whoever it is? Take the time to be intentional. How do you want to engage with them and what do you need in order to thrive? The E is for environment. And I think what the pandemic taught us is that There's a lot of different opportunities and options for folks. And so what environment do you need to thrive? And when I talk about environment, yes, it's physical, but also cultural. What kind of cultural environment do I need? 
The A is for acknowledgement. And so as human beings, we need to be acknowledged. We need to be recognized. My contributions, I need to feel like they matter for the organization or, or whatever I'm doing in my career. And so think about what you need. And then the M is the money, right? Let's not forget the money. <laughs> what is it that you need for your lifestyle, for your goals in order for money? When you sit down and you really think through this entire package and what are all these things that I need, ask yourself, is the current path that I'm on taking me through this? Am I getting what I need? So when we talk about signs, the signs are, is the current role that I'm in, is the current path that I'm on giving me what I've identified I need for my dream career? If the answer is no, it's time to switch some things up. And I'm not saying, I always have to give this caveat, you don't need to go into your manager's office and quit today. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you've identified some gaps. And so let's create an exit strategy or a path of how you're going to get from where you are today to where you need to be. So once you figure out, oh, this is not for me right now, can we use some of those same guidelines? And then how do we apply them to the decision making about what we're going to be doing next? Absolutely. So I designed the dream profile for exactly that. So once you assess where you are, you can make objective decisions and not be, oh, this company is so sexy. I love the name of it. Let me go work there. No, no, no. How does it align with the development goals? What about the relationships? What's the vibe you got? Tell me about the invite, like go through that for yourself so you can make aligned and objective decisions. I love it. I love it. So let's get back a little bit to folks who want to sort of color outside the line, like Melissa, right? Mm -hmm. She's coming from an immigrant family who has a very defined sense of what success is. You're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're an engineer, and there are lots of other careers that are not these sort of like dictionary style jobs. How can we begin the conversation with our parents about, yes, this is something that is not traditional, but yes, all of the things that mean security, which is ultimately what you want me to have, those are still part of what I intend to do. How early do we need to start these conversations? At what point do we get them involved? Help us out. To me, I think what what really helps is even the framing, right? We don't need to call it non-traditional anymore. We don't need to make it seem like it's some out there thing. It is, we are in a whole new world. It is not non-traditional anymore. Um, and so talking about it in a way that is positive, in a way that you feel confident about what you're doing, because if you don't believe that you can make it here, how do you expect your parents to believe that either? You got to come with the fire, come with the the ferocity, like this is what I, I know that I need to be doing. And then get real and talk about some things, right? The truth is for a lot of these entrepreneurial endeavors, the income uh, ceiling is way beyond what you could get in these more quote unquote traditional uh, places. And so bring your parents along the ride and the journey with you. Point to people who are making it or who have made it in this space. Give them the, the security that they need mentally to go on this journey with you. But then one thing I really want to kind of ultimately say is that it's important that your that you as as you're having this conversation that you're aware that you're the only one who gets to live your life. So while mommy, daddy, I want you to be happy. I want you to be supportive. I want you to come on this journey with me. Ultimately, I'm not going to live my life through you. Like I have to do what it is that I need to do now. 
Maybe Oof. you can't say it like that. <laughs> right? Maybe it's something you keep in your back pocket and you just know for yourself that ultimately I'm going to have to do what I have to do. Yes, it, you know, we would want the support. We want all of these things, but you have to make a decision. Whose life am I going to live? Mine or someone else's? Oof. Preach. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. You are such a gift. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Here's what Dorian taught us today. Carefully craft your story. When speaking about your career plans, include specific details that address your parents' underlying concerns about financial stability, career success, and yes, their mighty and well-earned bragging rights. Keep the DREAM acronym in mind. Focus on your development, relationships, environment, and money to help you identify your needs and make decisions towards your goals. And remember, you do you with conviction. Even if it goes against other people's expectations, it's up to you to live your life and pursue what you're willing to put in the work to achieve. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our marketing lead. I'm the creator, Juleka Lantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Bye, everybody. Same place next week. <laughs>